Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Deeney. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jürgen Klopp and you're listening to the big interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travelled to all these interviews from Barcelona and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. Our first socio-exclusive big interview for season 2018-19 is with former Manchester United, Atletico Madrid and Bafana Bafana midfielder Quinton Fortune. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. From Backpage, I'm Neil White and this is The Big Inside View, the show where between big interviews we get Graham Hunter's news and analysis on football from Spain. Today we are looking forward to an all-Madrid European Super Cup and that's the first time this competition has been contested between two teams from the same city. So Graham, the Super Cup all the way from Tallinn, Estonia... And I wanted to ask you about Atleti Summer, first of all. It's something you and I talked about a couple of times last season. With the opening of the Wanda Metropolitano, their new stadium, Atleti's already considerable cojones seem to swell yet further. So this summer they keep all black. They keep Griezmann after a reality TV reveal, no less. They win the fight for Thomas Lamar, one of several impressive recruits this summer. I just wonder... Are Atleti getting closer in terms of power to the big two? Yeah, listen, there's another way to say all that. And and I'm glad you gave me the platform because, you know, I think it's a serious point. With the market not closed, let's not do somersaults just yet. But they didn't just keep All Black. All Black turned down a move to Chelsea. All Black had the opportunity to go to a side which, you know, in relatively recent memory, won the European Cup, which regularly wins the league. Side which is, you know, Madrid's beautiful, Madrid's a wonderful place to stay, but traditionally elite level footballers have found London very attractive, very sexy. Everybody, you know, of any quality in their profession looks for new challenges. Oblak could easily have looked for a new challenge. You know, there's no question that deciding that he'd, he'd done well enough and, and could close on a European trophy, winning the Europa League against uh, Lyon uh, last season, that could have been enough for him to say, I'll tell you what, 
yeah, that's fine. I'll go. Griezmann's, you know, still stronger. There, there were many months when Griezmann and um, his, his family members who represent him were giving Barcelona more than a come on. You know, they were turning down the, the quilt and fluffing up the pillows. So um, the, the, the fact that Griezmann actively chose that before he was a world champion, that and, and indeed, you know, pretty soon after winning that uh, Europa League, Godin, when the fans were welcoming the side back in the stadium and there was a bit of jeering for Griezmann, Godin was widely reported on people interpreting lip reading that he was shouting at the fans, stop giving him grief, he's staying, he's staying. And Godin never confirmed that, but that proved to be true, that Griezmann pretty rapidly, the reality show you're talking about is that a company that was founded by Gerard Piquet with his seed corn money was the one because... Griezmann and Piquet were talking, um, <laughs> was the one who decided to film the great big reveal about Griezmann's decision. Something that he's been derided for because, hey, what is this? You know, the reveal of the, the Pulitzer or the Nobel Peace Prize. No, it's just a player who could have said, I'm staying. <laughs> but Piquet also got a lot of grief um, from his board at Barcelona for participating in them losing a massive target. So Griezmann pretty quickly deciding that after months of being courted by Football Club Barcelona, after knowing that his salary would probably treble, given that Barcelona were going to buy out his rescission clause for €100 million, Euros, that's a massive thing that those two players have actively said, you know, I'm committed to this project, I'm committed to Simeone. I, I also point out that o- over all of our careers, Neil, you you back this, you've seen this. The leading coaches who keep being able to drive a group daily, not in matches, not in trophy terms, but daily, they recognise very quickly that it burns them out, that it burns the players out, that repetitive messages, the same disciplines about, you know, train super hard under Professor Ortega, the, the, the infamous fitness coach who runs the legs off at Atleti work hard on position, movement, in training, give as much as you do in in matches, um, total commitment, never give the ball away, never give your position away. The Atleti code, well, Simeone's been drilling that into some of these players since 2011, into Oblak and Griezmann since they arrived, and they're signing up for more, and neither Simeone is burned out, nor is the group burned out, and, and that's that means something special is happening, irrespective of the trophy hall, which if you count back means that Simeone's arrival, when they're mid-table, um, admittedly with a side that Nakiki Sanchez-Flores had, had won a European trophy and the cup, this is the most successful spell in the entire history of Atletico Madrid at a point where Barcelona at stages have never been stronger and when Real Madrid have won four out of five or four out of six um, Champions Leagues. That's, that's saying something very, very special. Maybe that paints to you and to listeners. You don't live here, you follow it, but you don't live here. And to listeners who are interested in this kind of discussion, maybe that paints a different picture about what All Black and Griezmann see and, and have chosen. The market's not closed yet, but at this point, we kind of expect them both to stay. And, and on top of that, Godin turned down Manchester United. Now, Godin is at an age where you flip that statement Neil and I, I argue strongly that it's a comment on Manchester United that a guy who's imminently 33 and who is a warrior and who last season occasionally looked a little bit as if 
the effort of Simeone squeezing everything out of him physically and in his captaincy was beginning to cost him a little bit. You'd wonder whether Manchester United's strategy and planning was good if they're going for a guy like that at the end of the market, even though his buyout clause at £20 million was very, very cheap. His wages were nothing to Manchester United, and his character and his ability at their best are archetypical of what Jose Mourinho is looking for. But again, Godin, who would have benefited himself financially, even though he knew that the prize for staying was a big wage rise, which he's received... Godin chose again, Neil, that in, instead of looking at Manchester United and saying, you know, there's a possibility that they, they're competitive in Europe and sneak up on the Champions League this season. There's a possibility that I can help them wage war on Manchester City and Liverpool. He said no. There are other things to say, but you mentioned Lamar. They brought their transfer record by a gigantic amount to get Lamar. Lamar, a guy who is a player of real technical ability, creativity, who'll open up spaces, who'll create quite a lot of goals and assists, in my opinion. Cholo Simeone spoke to his ex-pupil, um, who uh, was um, at Atleti and at, and at Monaco, uh, Ranamel Falcao, and said to him, listen, you've played with Lamar for a couple of seasons, what do you think? And Falcao said, buy him, get him, at any cost, get him. And they went to 70 million with incentives that can rise to 80 million, which absolutely dwarfs anything that Atleti have done before. It's an extraordinary piece of business, and there's high risk. And then, you know, you can just quickly say they presented um, Kalinic and the Colombian right-back Arias yesterday, and the guy I'm so excited about, Rodri, um, the organising, ball-winning, clever-passing midfielder from Villarreal in as well. It's a good, it's a really good summer. And all I wanted to do is just put flesh in the bones of what you said because to keep Oblak and Griezmann and Godin is, is fabulous. To know that you didn't have to bend their arms, to know that they made these choices themselves, and to know that it stems from, I see our future, that's big, man. The, the anchor for all those players' decisions... For Godin's decision, um, for the decision that that Oblak and Griezmann have made, surely is Cholo Simeone, who maybe hasn't been courted as hard this summer as he has in previous years. But you know, with, without him, maybe those outcomes are different. And I also want to ask you if they lose anything that you can't put a pound sign on with um, the departure of Torres and especially Gabby who I guess Rodri comes in for. They're like for like in terms of role. What Rodri hasn't yet shown is is the dark side of Gabby, which was win at any cost. Very good footballer, irrespective of position and leadership and the winning habits that he brought to Atleti. He, was, he is a very good footballer. He's currently playing with Chabi in Qatar. There's a big interview uh, today in Ass, I think, um, about how he'll be sitting on his sofa in Doha, wearing his Atleti shirt, cheering them on. And he used a phrase about Atleti have to win this, have to win this. We'll come back to that. You're right, you lose character when Gabby's gone, but the timing's right. I really absolutely believe that, I, I'd said it 18 months ago, that you were beginning to see Gabby not get to things that before he would have been, you know, the red adair. Um, I see a problem and I'll fix it by fair means or foul, but I'll get there. I'll be there. And then if somebody's by me, I'll be there again. I'll be back at them, harassing them, confusing them, tripping them up if I have to. You, you, you began to see that 
having the brains, having the efficacy to alter a midfield, whether it be creatively, positionally, whether it be defensively, whether it be in terms of tackles, whether it be urging others on, repositioning others, all of that, you know, or the majority of that only matters if you can get to a situation and he was his legs were running out on him. It's good timing. The age gap and experience gap with Rodri is big, but the ability gap is not. And therefore, that's pretty thrilling to watch. And you're plucking my heartstrings with your talk about Nino Torres. Um, He's been very, very good to me in my career, both what he's done on the pitch for somebody who likes to chronicle and interview. But also he's been, you know, a friend and and somebody who, who has been willing to help my projects. Usually with interviews, but sometimes with advice, certainly with a friendly gesture or a friendly word here or there at tournaments. You know, I'm a little bit sad to see him go. But again, although he's in a slightly different position from Gabby, he chose his departure. He knew that it was right. He loves the club as much and more than Gabby or anybody in that squad does. Um, he's the symbol of the, the team. To leave having won trophies, having uh, having beaten Real Madrid, which by the time he left for Liverpool he hadn't done, to, to have scored against uh, Real Madrid, to have won the Europa League, albeit a testimonial appearance at the end in um, in Lyon against Marseille. These are fabulous, and and they're the they're the alarm calls to say to you, yeah, there's the edge of the stage, walk off into the curtains, into the backstage. It's the right time, and it it definitely is. And and Kalinic is not a replacement for him. Kalinic, I, I'm waiting to see the guy who can throw a strop in a, a World Cup and be sent home working for Cholo Simeone. That's going to be interesting. Adan is a very smart um, addition as backup goalkeeper. He's very, very good now. Gelson Martins is a will-of-the-wisp player who, when he gets the ball at his feet, his electric pace, his dribbling ability, make him a footballer that some defenders will be scared of, but harnessing his talent, making him do it time and time again, making his decisions elite level, that's a task for Cholo Simeone. And I think that the beneficiary initially out of that partnership will be Gelson Martins because he'll learn and he'll be taught. And and the, the seesaw effect needs to be that once he understands how to make better decisions regularly and say fight with Correa or Vitolo for his place, then I'll let you get the benefit of Gerson Martins. Okay, it sounds like you are as excited and optimistic for Atleti's season as I am. Let's see what happens Wednesday evening in Tallinn. Okay, let's take a break there. When we come back, Lopetegui's Real Madrid. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're back. I hope you were listening to the World Cup shows that we did, our daily shows. Graham was reporting from the Spain camp. A highlight was the almost live coverage of Julian Lopetegui's exit on the eve of the tournament to Madrid to replace Zinedine Zidane as head coach. Graham, before we look at Lopetegui's influence at the Bernabeu over the summer, how much stink is still on him after what happened in Russia? Yeah, that's not going to be clear until Real Madrid hit the buffers on a couple of bad results. That's not going to be clear until we see what effect uh, Luis Enrique has um, on Spain and when they play their Europa League fixtures against England, starting out with England at Wembley, which is a cracking game. Croatia, Switzerland also in the group. You're you're kind of asking if there's a if some sort of you know a, a backwash of finger pointing and blame and yeah, I wonder what it's going to be like for him when they go away from home, for example. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear that. I, th- I think that there's so much animus for or against Real Madrid when they're on the road, it might be difficult to distinguish. I think one of the answers to your question is that having played it so wrong in Krasnodar, having having gambled that Luis Rubiales, the president, would allow him to carry on, that there wouldn't be offence taken, that, that Jose Ancho Sanchez letting Rubiales know that you know we're about to announce this, that none of that could go wrong. Having got that fundamentally um, misjudged, Lopetegui's been good since then. He's spoken with clarity, with emotion. He has been careful to avoid any controversy about Spain. He's turned out a team because, you know, you, you closed before the break and talking about excitement about Atleti, but they've had a pretty moderate summer. Now, Real Madrid's preseason has been different. Um, there's been um, fun. There's been um, a team ethos emerging without Cristiano Ronaldo that does not mean that it will be simple for Lopetegui's squad to cope without him because it's when, you know, when you're putting the mustard on the bacon that, that really Cristiano was the was the guy. That, that crucial moment for making everything come together, for producing a really big goal or a really big assist, that's that's not something that they that they can cope with simply. But what has happened is a harmonising, an effort. You can notably see that um, Vinicius on his arrival, Isco, Benzema, Bale, Asensio have all stepped up at this early stage. So despite losing to Manchester United, beating Juventus, uh, beating Roma, beating Milan, and playing with flair, playing with the Lopetegui brand already identifiable. For those who missed the World Cup um, podcast, it's worth saying Lopetegui's brand of football is as identifiable as Cholo Simeone's. Different protagonist. Get the ball. Move the ball. Um, it doesn't have to be Guardiola style, you know, 12 passes to move the opponent up around until you make a dart or beat a man. He's a guy, Lopetegui, who will like his players to... Um, play counter-attack if they win the ball deep but if they win the ball high up and he asks them to press all over the pitch 
he wants them not to um, give the opposition a second to, to think or to reorganise. And that's pretty to watch when it works. And it's it's catnip, it's meat and drink to Lucas Vasquez and, and to Cruz on form, Modric when fit, Asensio, Isco, Bale, Benzema. They, it's it's catnip to all of them. And therefore, the Lopetegui effect and, and that, um, you know, you've got egg on your chin over the whole Spain World Cup, Krasnodar, do we blame you, don't we blame you thing has been dissipated by the fact that his early impact at a time when the loss of Zidane um, in such dramatic fashion where he said, it's better that I go because, you know, they might not keep winning under me. It's easier for them to, to keep winning if I go away. That's a big statement. Ronaldo going away, going away with a degree of bad feeling between him and the, the president. Lopetegui coming in, having been sacked by Spain, all of those things. And you get a pre-season like this. It's an eight and a half, nine out of 10 in terms of the, the playing time since he took over. Wow. Let's talk about their dealings or, or kind of lack of them really in the transfer market in terms of really big hits. And I know the market isn't closed and stuff might still go down. But as we talk, I have Real Madrid on a net profit in the market. Unheard of. Black is white and white is black. We're through the looking glass people. I mean, obviously the Cristiano transfer plays a big part in that. But do you think they've got a big punch left in them? Yeah, they have they have money to spend. I mean, if if they if they could have been given encouragement by Chelsea or more encouragement by Hazard, they'd have bought him. Um, without question, they're they're toying with the idea of paying Rodrigo's eighty million buyout clause from Valencia and repatriating him to the club where he partially he grew up. I think what you've asked about is an important factor in that I, I don't want to. Um, having criticised him for the lack of a football director and having urged Florentino to to preempt Zidane's departure and say to him, I want you to, you know, you want to step away from, you know, the frontline responsibility. I want you to come and be my football director again. I think that would have been a good move before Zidane quit. Florentino didn't do it. Zidane's moved on. They don't have an out-and-out football director. And, and I am a little bit critical of that. However... There is a strategy, and the strategy is to continuously find the best young talent, um, either put it very young in the academy and bring them through, or else buy them aged 15, 16, 17, bring them through a couple of years of the academy and then put them in the first team. There is a policy to try and buy Spanish, and therefore over the years you've seen Lucas emerge, be loaned out, come back. Essencio um, bought, uh, not a young age, but a junior age, uh, beat Barcelona to him, loan him out, bring him back, superstar. You've seen Carvajal been repescado, um, refished, brought back um, from loan in the Bundesliga where he matured. Um, you've seen um, a gradual promotion of Ashraf, who's now been uh, loaned out, will be brought back again. The purchase of Ceballos, the, who's going to get more time um, under Lopetegui, the purchase of Teo. And all last season, I was using TV commentaries and shows on La Liga TV to say they bought the wrong brother. It was obvious long before Teo got punted out now, uh, La Real, and, and his brother won the World Cup with France. It, it was just so clear that he wasn't going to be one of the successes. Llorente, Vallejo, on and on and on. So Odriozola joining this summer is partly a Lopetegui petition because, you know, he's the he's the guy who put this kid in his breakthrough season into the Spain squad. Uh, now he's at Real Madrid already. Um, Real Madrid now have 
Spain's first, second and third choice right backs. I know Odrizola, we talked about him a lot at the start of the World Cup podcasts and in a couple of the sort of late inside views last season. I just, I'm not sure if I see the necessity of that transfer. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I, I think that's probably the case that um, Sergio Roberto, when he comes into Spain, might play midfield but can play right back. So there's a, I think he breaks up your hegemony there in terms of the Spain question. In terms of the Madrid question, what I would point out to you is that Odria Zola is so good that he can play in right midfield or right attack. He probably, as he portrays right now, given that we all understand he's got to develop and learn, the thing about his game which probably portrays most weekly is his actual out-and-out defending. So it's my impression that they've brought him as what they call here polyvalente or accommodating. He can he can play in many different positions and he gives, um, like Lucas has done, he gives the coach the opportunity to say, OK, um, we're going to play you high right in a 4-3-3, we're going to play you wide right in a 4-4-2, we can play you wide right in a 4-2-3-1 and we can play you in as auxiliary right back. And look how Lucas Vasquez did at right back for Real Madrid whenever called upon really, really well. Now, you're right that Odria Zola must be looking at Danny Carvajal and thinking, this is this is a guy on his way to becoming a club legend. This is a fighter. This is an automatic first choice right back. But then any doctor or physio would look at Danny Carvajal's injury and illness record over the last couple of seasons and say, this is a guy who either on impact because he's ferocious or because of his physiology has problems in producing a 60-game season. So I think think that Odria Zola can look at his bedding in season as one where he'll have lots of uh, Copa del Rey time and where Carvajal will either be injured, suspended or rested and um, Odria Zola can cut his teeth. But he fits into... And I, OK, let's, let's talk strategy again. When, you know, Vinicius, people might not know a, a huge amount, but when um, Neymar was still at Santos, people must remember that Real Madrid were miles ahead, absolutely miles ahead, and worked hard on getting him, thought they were going to get him, and thought, you know, rightly as it turns out, that they had their hands on a phenomenon, not just football, but marketing too. Now, they lost him. They lost him in a bitter fight. They, the, the animus between them and, and Barcelona was gigantic. It's a deal which has led to Barcelona paying over and over again fines, penalties, um, court proceedings, a, a really bitter um, subject. And watching Neymar play with Suarez and Messi to complete the treble under Luis Enrique in 2015 must have been horrendous for everybody involved in planning and organising at Real Madrid. But what did they do, Neil? I think this is important. They went, I tell you what, we'll lick our wounds and we'll do it better this time. They went and scouted Vinicius Jr. They, they saw him aged 14, 15, signed him at 16, left him at his club, left him to grow, brought him at an age to Real Madrid where nobody else could get at him. Um, they've done the same with Rodrigo. Let's see how he goes. And you, we, we cannot lump masses of responsibility on a Brazilian kid in the European continent and the most political club in the world for the first time in his senior career and say, you know, go on, give us a 20-goal season or any nonsense like that. This is also a bedding-in season for him. But right now, one, he looks extraordinary. And in the little that we've watched of Vinicius so far, either starting or coming on in preseason games, his ability to break down the right or the left wing, he's, he's predominantly right-footed, but he can play 
um, reverse and cut onto his right and his link play with Asensio on a number of occasions so far is really, really exciting. So it, when you talk about um, you know net profit on a summer, I, I think they still want at least a centre-forward, maybe a centre-back. I, I You know, they... They couldn't persuade Kane. Um, I think that they are back in love with Rodrigo. Uh, Gamero just joined Valencia. So right now, um, Valencia have five top-line strikers. They want to get rid of Zaza. But even after that, they've got Rodrigo, they've got Gamero, they've got Batshuayi, only on loan, I admit, and um, and Santimina. So the idea of Rodrigo ending up at Real Madrid, although not a guarantee, is, is, is feasible. That would take them out of net profit, but it would give them much wider options in terms of attack. So it's a fascinating project, irrespective of this game. And let's come back to the game now. Once I say it is absolutely clear that even though um, Madrid are trying to buy Luka Modric's doubts, he has spent this summer unsure about whether a new challenge and more money is something that attracts him. Now, when you resolve something like that for a guy who's played all through the summer, made the World Cup final, lost, and who's getting to that age, then it merits watching really closely over the next two, three months about sporting hangover, psychological hangover, about the World Cup final defeat, about the energy expended, mental as well as physical, and then about the should I or shouldn't I have stayed that that's that's something that is really going going to condition the early weeks and months of uh, Madrid's season. Neil, I, I argue anyway. One to watch with that in mind for sure. It's almost time to say goodbye, but before we do, last week the Spanish version of that trophy, the Supercopa, was contested in Tangier, Morocco, for reasons covered in our previous episode. This game finished Sevilla 1, Barcelona 2. Graham, you said in the preview that Sevilla had a slight edge in your opinion, but I'm going to give you consolation points for that prediction because it was a game that could have gone either way and a cracking game at that. Sevilla hit the bar at 1-1. Ben Yedder has a last-minute penalty saved by Ter Stegen. Uh, Pablo Machin, Sevilla's new coach, his team came to play. What did you think about their performance? Yeah, I, th- I think that... Um... They looked more energetic. They looked as if they might, with their extra miles um, played competitively in three Europa League ties, they looked as if they might be able to narrow the gap, the quality gap, because man for man, Barcelona were had, had much more experience, winning mentality, technical ability. We, we knew that. And there was a stage at 1-1 where... Barcelona were allowed by Sevilla, and this is something that Machine needs to learn and draw from, and his players do too. There was a stage at which Sevilla dropped their gas and allowed Barcelona to have too much of the ball. And at that stage, although you didn't know for sure it was going to be Dembele um, bursting the net from 25 metres, you knew that if you allow them to play the game at their pace, nine times out of ten, they'll pick you off. That was a major, major error, a bigger error than the header off the bar. Um, a still greater error than maybe Alex Vidal or, or Navas, both of whom seem to want the penalty, um, taking the penalty of Benyera, who's the striker and who's generally a scorer of penalties, and therefore you understand why he stepped up and why he was given it. But yeah, it was a, it was an awful penalty. The bigger mistake was letting Barcelona back into the game physically and mentally rather than the 1-1 goal, um, which was another moment of Messi genius and a moment where 
you know, Rocky Mesa deserved a slap round the head from his teammates for giving away a ludicrous free kick in that position. The the game was exciting. Sevilla proved that they're competitive. Vaklic, the keeper, told us in one game why it is that Sevilla have cleaned out Sergio and David Soria. He was exceptional. Um, the idea of another keeper of that quality being in La Liga when you look at Kehler, Courtois, Ter Steg and Oblak, to name just a couple, is a netto for me too. It's, it's hugely exciting. Barcelona, look at the way that um, Messi... Um, is beginning to embrace Dembele's arrival and put him under his tutelage. Dembele is frustrating. Dembele is raw. It's clear that there have been opportunities for Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain to bid. I, I think there are some nutcases in, in the Barca hierarchy who think that taking back their £100 million for Dembele from someone and then trying to spend it on Pogba is a good idea. It's not. And, you know, Messi takes up a free kick quickly and gives it Dembele for, for the winning goal that's that's not just a winning goal that's Messi going you know I'm going to give the ball to him the, this guy's you know coming along Suarez wah, out of nick out of touch um, Artur the Brazilian smart competitive debut like the way he moves the ball forward Sevilla pff, big deals that we saw from Sunday night can they keep Nzonzi they miss him Without him, the midfield is lesser. It kind of looks like Roma. And Monchi, who signed um, Nzonzi originally uh, for Sevilla, I think Roma are going to get him away, Neil. That's a difficult, that's a problem. Can they get Castellejo to replace him from Villarreal? Maybe um, there are deals to be done at Sevilla yet. Andrew Silva came on and looks as if he's, you know, if, if Muriel's going to be first choice for um, for Machin, I'm disappointed. If Ben Yedder is not given his, his head, then... But he's a natural fox in the box. The ball will be up there. He's their Stuani. He should be playing regularly. Um, Andre Silva seemed to have leapfrogged him. So the game was good. The winners, eh, maybe it was just. I think 2-2 would have taken it into an interesting period of extra time that Sevilla probably merited. Machin has to have learned. Sevilla's players have to have learned. And there's a lot more to see from Football Club Barcelona because there are players not only to come back, but players to come back into fuller fitness. Um, because Wednesday night is the is the European Super Cup and a Madrid derby, let's just celebrate the reason, you know, that we're able to do these big inside view podcasts. When the winner in Tallinn is is announced, it'll be a Spanish team because it's a Madrid derby. That will mean nine out of the last ten European Super Cups have gone to Spanish teams, and in that time, I think twenty one of the thirty European trophies available, Champions League, Europa League, and European Super Cup, will have gone to Spanish teams. Even though we've talked about Silva retiring and Piquet retiring and Iniesta retiring and Xavi's gone and Puyo's gone and Villa's in America and the Premier League and Italy are starting to cherry-pick talents from La Liga, La Liga remains dominant. Now, we all know that leagues don't stay dominant in perpetuity and this can't go on forever and ever. Uh, Messi is drawing towards the autumn of his career. Cristiano Ronaldo has moved on. But we have yet again this this huge showpiece for Spanish football in a crazy little stadium, a beautiful city, but a tiny stadium. Um, one of the strangest mid-derbies that have ever been played, but it will be competitive and it will show the rest of Europe that these are two clubs who, in their own mindset and in their own strategies, want to be competing in the Champions League final in the Wonder Metropolitano in the early days of June uh, next year. And um, 
Yeah, may that happen. I'd sign up for that. Between now and then, we have some very exciting big interviews lined up. But for now, that's our show. You can help us out by leaving a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to the show. And if you keep listening after the music, which as always comes from Beer Jacket, Graham will tell you how you can join our supporters trust and become one of our socios. For now, thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Our first socio-exclusive big interview for season 2018-19 is with former Manchester United, Atletico Madrid and Bafana Bafana midfielder Quinton Fortune. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 